Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. Since 1934, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. Please stay tuned for another lesson on this program by Jeff Archie. Are you listening? A big thank you to our Jay Webb and hello everybody. Let's begin today with that beautiful scripture of 2 Timothy 3, beginning with verse 16, that says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. How grateful we are to know that the Bible, the scriptures, are always right. Dear friends, this is part three of five broadcasts that are titled, Something is Wrong, but the Bible is Right. As a reminder, if there are any broadcasts you miss in this series, you may easily access previous broadcasts through our podcast partners at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio. Just search for International Gospel Hour when you arrive at any of those four sites, and then you can look for our programming. And look for the program, Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right. If you send us a message at internationalgospelhour.com, we can also send you a link through our website for the program as well. Now let's continue our discussion, Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right, and let's talk about salvation and obedience. No matter how many say the individual can do nothing to affect his salvation, The Bible plainly teaches otherwise, and it teaches one must do certain things. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. The Apostle John affirmed in Revelation 22, 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. Through obedience to God's commandments, one is made free from his sins, and not before. Paul told those in Rome, But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Romans six seventeen and 18. Peter asked his readers, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? 1 Peter 4.17 Are you willing to accept the Bible answer to that important question? Hear it. 2 Thessalonians 1.7-9 says, The Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. God will not save anyone in disobedience, and Christ is the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey Him. Hebrews 5.9 If you understand what you must do in order to be saved, dear friends, do it at once. In the accounts of conversion, the reader learns what those who believed did, In the book of Acts, particularly those on the day of Pentecost, who gladly received His word, were baptized, Acts 2.41. The eunuch asked in Acts 8.36, See, here is water. 
What doth hinder me to be baptized? The Philippian jailer in Acts 16.33 took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. Yes, dear friends, the Bible is right about the question of salvation. Let's now consider, if you will, to take our Bibles in hand and continue our thoughts of something is wrong, but the Bible is right, and the Bible is right about the church. What connection is there between the church and salvation? Many contend the church has nothing to do with salvation. When we consider that, though, a lot has been said about unsaved church members and saved non-church members. Some questions are in order. And again, we must let the Bible supply the answers. Number one, does the church save? The Bible teaches Jesus is the one who saves. Matthew one twenty one says, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. No, dear friends, the church does not save. Can one be saved outside the church would be our next question. The Bible teaches all the saved are in the church. Acts 2.47 says, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Since the Lord adds the church, or adds to the church the saved, one must conclude that there are none saved outside the church. Those who are saved from their sins are those who will gladly receive God's word and obey it, just like those on Pentecost. What did those people do to become members of the church? Following Peter's preaching that began in Acts 2 and verse 14, Luke recorded in Acts 2 verses 37 through 41, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent! And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, And the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. Peter told the people how to receive the remission of sins, and those who gladly received his word were baptized and added to the church, Acts 2, verse 47. Membership in the Lord's church is not a matter of popular vote by those who are members. God adds those who have been saved to the church, and he does not add any who have not been saved. Yes, one must be a member of the church to be saved, because only the saved are members of the church. A clear concept of what the church is will make that fact apparent. The church is the body of Christ, and He is the Savior of the body. The Bible affirmed, and He is the head of the body, the church. Colossians 1 and verse 18. Paul spoke of the church which is his body, Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. And later he adamantly observed Jesus to be the Savior of the body, Ephesians 5, 23. Therefore, the church is the body which Christ proposed to save, and one must be a member of the church to gain salvation. 
Also, the church is the house of God. Paul spoke of the house of God, which is the church of the living God, in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15. Paul called the saved the children of God in Galatians 3, 26 and 27, as well as in Galatians 1, 1 and 2, making all the saved members of God's house or his family. Understanding God's house is the church, and we can affirm all of God's children are members of his church. Those who think the church is unimportant and unnecessary should remember that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, Ephesians 5.25. And Paul described the church as being that which he purchased with his own blood, Acts 20, verse 28. The precious blood of our Lord is vested in the church, and no one should believe he paid such a price for an unnecessary and unimportant institution. The Bible clearly teaches one must be a member of the blood-bought body to be saved. Dear friends, this will bring us to another question. Which church is the right church? This is an often asked question. The vast number of different churches present a confusing and deplorable situation, and many advise, join the church of your choice, as though it makes no difference which one is chosen. The differences exist between the various churches are undeniable proof that some are wrong. When one contradicts the other, one must be wrong. Right-thinking people will desire to be members of the right church, which is right. Dear friends, we will consider that question in a moment, but let me pause here. Have we created interest in your mind and heart over the things that have been said today? Would you like to study this further on your own? We offer to all of our listeners, absolutely free, a home Bible study course. You can do it by mail. You can call us at 1-855-IGH-6988 and we'll send it to you. Just give us your name and address and say, send me the study. That's 1-855-IGH-6988. You can also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the contact tab, and leave us your name and address, and just simply put home study in the comment blank, and we'll send it to you. And now, concerning the right church, which is right, let's leave you with this thought. The right church is the one you read about in the Bible. The Bible speaks of only one church, and a multiplicity of churches from which to choose is completely foreign to the teaching of the Bible. Christ promised to build one church. In fact, he said in Matthew 16:18, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Christ did not promise to build churches, as in the plural. Instead, he said, My church, which is singular. And true to his promise, Christ built only one church, Acts 2. Christ purchased only one church, Acts 20:28. 20, and he loves only the one church for which he died, Ephesians 5:25. At no time in the history of humanity did he ever promise to build or purchase a plurality of churches. To justify the great number of different churches in the world today, some have made the point of the Bible speaking of the church in the plural sense. The Bible does speak about the churches of Galatia, 1 Corinthians 16:1, the church at Ephesus, Revelation 2 and verse 1, and the church in Smyrna, Revelation 2 and verse 8, among others. However, those congregations were all part of the same universal church, 
and did not present differences in name, teaching, or headship. They only differed in location. They were simply different congregations of the one church. Dear friends, when we ask which church is the right church, the right church is the one you read about in the Bible. We're going to continue this thought in our next broadcast. And I am delighted you have joined me on this broadcast today of the International Gospel Hour. Until next time, friends, I'm Jeff Archie, and keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series, by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com.